Wait until you get to the end of the podcast today. Oof, we are so screwed. Uh, for a myriad of reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we've got we've got everything you need to know about the uh, about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Who could have blown them up? I think we, we hit a bunch of theories. I think by the end, I think we had one. Are you comfortable with saying that? Yeah, that that probably that one at least makes sense. It's a it's a plausible option, uh, which yeah. is a, 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 honestly is more than I came into the show with today. Right. I, I, the, the other ones just see the other explanations seem completely just off the rails. Yeah. Uh, so we have that. Also, we'll tell you what everybody is missing about this story that you need to be aware of because war has changed as of yesterday. Uh, and it's uh, it's real trouble. Also, we talk uh, cr- cryptocurrency with Adam Curry. He's on the program today. Kevin Freeman comes in and talks about how everything is according, uh, going according to plan. Uh, that would be the Chinese or globalist plan. And we tonight at 9 p.m. on Blaze TV, we have a special what's coming. What is coming economically? Best case and worst case scenarios from experts that all happens tonight. And what do you do about it? What are you going to do? What is gas going to cost? What do you, how do you, how do you hunker down? Oh, and by the way, also in today's podcast, some critical information if you have a bank account at Citibank. All brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Uh, I love the um, the coconut chocolate. I love it because I love Mounds Bars. My wife loves Mound Bars, so I usually get my hand slapped every time I try to grab one of those. Uh, the mint chocolate chip brownie is <sighs> delicious. And here's the thing. It's 100% real chocolate, but it tastes like a candy bar. It's a protein bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. I mean, it is. you're eating healthy. And somehow or another enjoying it. <laughs> next thing, next thing you know, they'll be saying, hey, getting in shape makes you feel good. <laughs> right. And if you haven't tried their puffs, try them. New flavors all the time. Check them out now at built.com. That's built.com. Promo code BEC15. 10% off your order now. Built.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to Mr. Adam Curry, the uh, co-host of No Agenda. Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm good, Glenn. Never a boring moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a few things going on just today. Uh, By the way, where are you now? I'm I'm in beautiful hill country, Texas, Fredericksburg, where uh, I live. God bless you. Okay, so um, so Adam, yesterday, first of all, love to hear your take on Nord Stream two. Yeah, this. So first of all, this has CIA or us written all over it. I mean, I just don't see. I mean, who else could have done this? And it seems like an out of control administration, which is probably run by intel agencies, would do something like this. And now we're seeing two things. One, um, should have taken Victoria Newland very seriously in 2014 when she said F the EU. 
I mean, mm. that's exactly what, especially with this blowing up of the Nord Stream. Now, we don't exactly know if there's one and two, but I think they're both inoperable at this point. Yeah. It's unlikely that Russia would do that, of course, because they could just turn it off at the source. Um, this guarantees that Russian gas is not going to come into Europe for a long time, at least not in any kind of volume, even though it was quite low. Um, so we want to screw Russia. I think you and I talked that they already took Russia off SWIFT, which is the international mm-hmm. payment settlement system that the banks use. Mm-hmm. And what we saw when this first started with Europe saying, we don't want your gas, we're going to limit it, we want a price cap, all these things that they were trying to do to just to get rid of dirty Russian fossil fuels so we can transition to the green digital economy. I mean, this is what Queen Ursula von der Leyen said just uh, a week and a half ago. Russia has gas. You can't shut down these gas uh, production plants because if you do, it takes a long time to spin them back up and you will never get the same uh, amount of gas back out uh, as you did previously. So they've been burning the methane uh, at, their gas fi- at their gas fields for several months now. And the, uh, the, the Bitcoining community has always looked at uh, burn-offs as a great source of energy on-site mm-hmm. to mine Bitcoin. Right. Uh, and there's many, many companies and projects doing that all over the U.S., Wyoming, Texas, all over the place. So for Russia to say, hey, you know, we need an international uh, payment settlement system, Bitcoin is exactly for that. It works incredibly well for large uh, payment settlements, you know, things that can be done within 10 minutes, so not consumer transactions. And it is immutable, Glenn. It it, it cannot be removed, blocked, or sanctioned by any government at that level whatsoever. If Russia really is serious, and from the reporting it seems like they might be, uh, if they start mining Bitcoin, that will be a game changer. I don't know if they will, but we'll know if they do because it'll start showing up on everybody's radar. That could be a very big uh, uh, competitor to the U.S. dollar. So, I, I mean, I think Bitcoin um, is, you know, is the answer to so many of the world's problems. But the United States yesterday just came out and said, uh, you know, digital currencies not going to be anonymous. Um, but we're we're moving forward with it. We're going to put it on hold, but we are going to move forward after some more studies. In fact, give me a little clip of what uh, Chairman Powell said yesterday. We think that there are four characteristics of if we were to pursue a CBDC, it would at a minimum have the following four characteristics. First is intermediated. Second is private privacy protected. But third is identity verified. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. And fourth is transferable or interoperable. So, so we're, we would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so uh, tell me what all that means to the average person. Um. At this point, the way the financial system has been screwed up, there is no, there is no way out. Um, so we keep raising rates, and now this is happening all over the world. Uh, the UK screwed it up. Uh, we're seeing that in their currency. And the result of, uh, 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 of all of these problems we have, of course, the US dollar is skyrocketing. Everybody wants a dollar. Everybody wants a dollar. 
but the uh, uh, the inflation cannot be subdued anymore by raising rates. So the concept of a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, is that the Federal Reserve, that's the you know the commercial banks who sounds like they're part of the government, they uh, are going to control the creation of the money supply digitally, but then they can manipulate that whenever they want, mainly by removing money from you. So um, you'll have $100 in your CBDC wallet, but really it's 100.00000, zeros, I think. And they will be able to devalue the currency or, or increase its value when necessary just by adding or subtracting zeros to your account. They've already, this is in the plans. This is the core function of the central bank digital uh, coin, along with the, because it's not anonymous, because they do verification, because um, uh, you will be known, they can determine which of these dollars can do certain things. They're not saying that, of course, but that's built into the protocols. Correct. Um, and and they, they can't do that with Bitcoin. They might be able to do it with something like Ethereum, and I'll just explain very quickly the difference between these two. Bitcoin was the first blockchain digital currency. In my opinion, just like God sometimes works through man's hand with doxers, this is, this is God-given because it is sovereign. It's open. Everyone can see what it does. There's no gaming the system, and it's run by people who just run a Bitcoin node. There's about 40,000 in the world. It should be millions. Um, because of the way Bitcoin was set up, anybody can run it on a Raspberry Pi, like you know, a $100 computer, you can become part of the network. Ethereum, particularly with the change they recently made to make themselves look greener, have essentially put all of the control of Ethereum, and by the way, Ethereum has a CEO, Bitcoin doesn't, um, have put all of that control into six major players who stake, i.e. they put their money uh, into the system uh, to guarantee transactions and that it's all working. In the real world, what that means, if you go and look at what can I buy with Bitcoin, what can I buy with Ethereum, Ethereum is pretty much for NFTs, and it's for you know, creating all kinds of financial De, uh, decentralized financial instruments. And it's kind of like a Wall Street. You don't really see things priced with Ethereum. In Bitcoin, though, you can do true micropayments. You can, um, you, if you look online, pay with Bitcoin is everywhere. We as people need to prepare and start just using it. You don't have to invest in it. You know, Bitcoin is, uh, it's a commodity. The SEC has even come out and said that versus Ethereum, which is a security, i.e., you're not really buying a currency, you're buying a piece of a stock of a company that is doing stuff. Bitcoin is like gold as a commodity because it takes huge amounts of energy to create it. You can't produce anything without energy. It just the result is a digital uh, thing that, that can be traded, so it has true value. Learning how to use it you know, with, with $5 or $10 is going to be very advantageous because you will either want to have certain transactions peer-to-peer, um, or international payments that you just will not want the U.S. government to see anymore. I mean, because cash is going to go away, and that's very, very critical. And now, what we're seeing is, sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, you just said you wouldn't want the government to see some of these transactions. I mean, Correct. I'm not in, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm not a drug dealer, Adam yeah, Curry. Not today. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. No, but and you could be watching the wrong movie. You could be um, uh, purchasing um, too much meat. You know, but I think that this is where it will truly go. Um, is here's your carbon footprint. When you eat beef, you have more carbon footprint. We really need to regulate how much people are eating beef. So you can do a couple of things. You can find a rancher near you and do some direct transactions. But in that case, you also want to have a way to do that transaction that is quick, that is accountable, and cash may just not be on hand anymore or the amount of cash you need. Uh, that, could ex- that could become illegal. I mean, that, that's more likely than... Oh, you're mm-hmm. a drug dealer. No, you're a, you're a beef eater. <laughs> right. That's where, you know, you need to get on the bugs and the soy. Right. And that, th- th- that is the thing that um, w- when you were talking about earlier, that it, it can be programmed. It, it can say you only get uh, so much beef. And once you've hit that limit, it automatically will not buy beef. You Correct. can't buy gas on a certain day. This is the way that they make the um, uh, modern monetary theory work. If they, they, they feel have to, yeah, right. Yep. They, 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 they got, they jumped in, they went with it and now they have to continue it. Correct. And so and, you have, and, you have a stimulus package. You'll just have a hundred dollars in your Bitcoin account from the federal reserve. And the, you'll just go to your federal reserve Bitcoin account and you'll have 24 hours to spend it. So spend it, whatever you want, but they want that stimulus right now. When they have to pull things back because prices are going up, they just say, can't buy that now. And everything points towards the carbon market. This is what Europe announced. Uh, They're reopening or reestablishing their carbon markets so that you can trade carbon credits, not just on a corporate, but on individual level. Um, uh, And by the way, I think uh, just having listened to Madame Fifi Lagarde uh, over there at Atlantic Council about the European digital euro, I think that's going to come very quick. They're going to go very fast. They're in deep, deep trouble. And, and she's now just saying, yeah, 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 we're going to do this. You know, we're going to get this going. And here's the parameters. It, it will happen. Um, and, and so it will be not just your, you've been outlawed, but your whole life will be based around carbon. I mean, this is the most convincing argument they have. Carbon, and by the way, used to be carbon dioxide, it's turned into carbon somehow. Uh, carbon is killing the world. Uh, we're, we're the ones responsible for it. Here's your budget for the year. Fill it in the way you want. You want to eat beef, you eat beef, but you may not be able to drive. So it's going to be more based on that, and people will have to, will be told to take responsibility by, keep, by staying within your carbon limits. That, I think, is where it seems most logical because they have all those pieces in, uh, on the table. Adam, uh- what what do you think the timeline is before this is a reality? Well, I am under no illusion that they haven't been preparing this central bank digital currency for a long time. Right. Uh, typically, when it comes to digital stuff like this and telecommunications, I'm, whenever I talk to someone who has been in an agency or knows things, I'm like, wow, you guys were looking at the effects of social networking in the 70s, really? Uh, and they have. You know? So I think they may be much further along than they're, than they're letting on. Um, so 2023 would be the optimal. This is, this is not the right time, obviously, certainly for the dollar with the elections. Europe, may, I don't think Europe will get it done before the end of the year either. But in 2023, I expect these things to happen. More importantly, 
back home, just yesterday, an $80 million investment was announced purely for marketing, since the system doesn't take much more, um, of Strike. And Strike is, there's a beautiful, what we call layer two to Bitcoin, called the Lightning Network. And the Lightning Network, allow, it's, you can, it's an analogy to Venmo. It's like Venmo for Bitcoin. You have it on your phone. You got a couple hundred bucks in there. You can connect it to your bank or you can load it up however you want to do it. And you can make peer-to-peer payments, you know, as small as a, a hundredth of a penny if you want to. It's completely programmable, scriptable. You know, you can do anything you want with it. You don't need permission to use it. And they, uh, they actually, um, uh, the strike with Jack Mahler's is uh, this young man's name. He happens to be part of a very famous Chicago uh, commodities family. So they understand commodities, which Bitcoin is. Um, and they have had a lot of success in El Salvador and other South American countries for cross-border payments. Um, so you can literally get the strike wallet today um, and you can load up a wallet, charge it, you know, uh, connect it to your bank if you want to. Uh, you can always disconnect it and learn how to use it. Learn. And then when the clamps come down, which I think they will, um, you'll already know how to, how to use it. You may have a little bit of Bitcoin. And you'll be able to live sovereign with some sovereignty as things start to crumble. Will that be needed in 2023? Maybe. I don't know. I do a lot in Bitcoin already, and people should do that too. Just to be ready, it's no better or worse than getting some food in the house and some water and Mm -hmm. some ammo. You just need to have these things as part of your arsenal. It's crazy how many people here in Hill Country, like, you know, we got my my boy Paul who does the septic tank and Eric who mows Mm -hmm. the lawn, and they're all coming up and saying, hey, man, explain uh, explain Bitcoin to me. And I'm happy to do it. And and so now we transact that way. This Um, is what we need to do, parallel economy. um, Adam, I've got 45 seconds left. Um, Let me end where we began. Do you think this Nord Stream 2 leads into war? Or or let me ask it this way. Do you believe that this is our generation's Cuban missile crisis? Yes. Propagated by many of the very same people uh, (laughs) on both Mm -hmm. sides of the equation. Uh, this will be a Wikipedia page in the future, but global war, nuclear war, no. Financial, it's a currency war. It, that's how it's going to go down. Mm. Adam Curry, thank you very much. Always good talking to you. Thanks, Adam. Likewise, Glenn. Sure. Uh, co-host of No Agenda. You can find him. His uh, website is adam.curry.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Adam Curry. Uh, all right. Coming up in just a second, we're going to Tampa to get the the latest from our affiliate WFLA. Uh, We have Ryan Gorman uh, who does a program on WFLA and we'll have him uh, tell us what's going on. We have, I mean, our show started in, in Tampa and we have a lot of people. In fact, our newsletter was late this morning because the guy who uh, assembles our newsletter lives in Tampa. Uh, Nick Daly, who does the music that you're hearing here along with Sam Carden, Nick lives in uh, Tampa as well. In fact, we just called him a few minutes ago and he said the eye of the hurricane is literally over his house. And we're like, why are you still in your house, dude? Um, We're going to we'll find out what's happening in Tampa as it comes ashore. And if you'd like to help out, go to Mercury One dot org. Our emergency funds, our emergency disaster funds. Please donate now. Mercury One dot org. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
check in with Ryan Gorman. He is the host of the Ryan Gorman Show on WFLA in Tampa, Florida. Hurricane Ian is uh, coming on shore now, and we wanted to see how things were shaping up. Ryan, how are you? We're doing good here in the Tampa Bay area. It looks like uh, the worst case scenario for us is not going to unfold. But unfortunately for our friends down uh, from Sarasota to Fort Myers, uh, they are Mm -hmm. going to be experiencing a rough one coming up here over the next few hours. So tell me what, you know, what they're saying is going to happen. What is it? What is life going to be like down there? Uh, Well, I mean, we're looking at potentially catastrophic damage because what happened was, you know, if you go back to the 2 a.m. advisory in the middle of the night, the storm was uh, still a strong storm, Category 3, about 120 miles per hour, maximum sustained winds. But then come uh, 7 a.m., uh, we started to get these updates that the storm had really strengthened. And now you have a storm that's basically a Category 5 hurricane. Uh, the maximum sustained winds, last I checked, were 155 miles per hour. Jeez. So a big increase. And, and 157 miles per hour is a Category 5. So it's technically a 4 right now. But once you get to that point, you're splitting hairs. And the amount of storm surge that is likely going to hit uh, that, that Naples area north uh, between Sarasota and Naples, you're talking uh, upwards of 10 feet, uh, some areas even close to perhaps 16 feet of storm surge. Jeez. So those, those barrier islands along the coast, I mean, you're going to see some areas wiped out. And if, if Michael, Hurricane Michael, a couple of years ago was any indication what that did to the panhandle, Um, that's unfortunately what we can probably expect in a more populated area down in southwest Florida. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I remember when um, Mount St. Helens was about to explode, and there was a guy who lived on the side of the mountain, and the story night after night was, you know, why move off the mountain. He's like, this mountain and I, I grow up here. I was born on this mountain, and nothing's going to happen to me. This mountain is like, uh, like my mama. And uh, she's going to take care of me. And that guy died. He blew up. Um, and we all thought that guy was nuts, but he had a right to do it. Uh, people are now talking, especially Washington, D.C., are talking about, you know, people have got to listen to the experts. they got to listen to the experts. Do you know a lot of people that are not listening to the experts there? Well, I don't think it's that. If you go back a little more than 24 hours ago, the track, and I will say the experts who have been tracking this storm, they've generally had it right. I mean, some of these wobbles that you see, very hard to predict, but it can make all the difference in the world. Um, So 24 hours ago, when I was on in the morning doing hurricane coverage then, the focus was on Tampa Bay and the storm having a direct impact on Tampa Bay, which would have been a worst case scenario for us. because as you know, from broadcasting here in Tampa Bay for so many years, uh, you know, that water starts to come in. It's got nowhere to go. It's a real problem. A lot of low-lying areas, huge population. Um, so if you were in Sarasota, Fort Myers, Naples, uh, you knew you were probably going to feel some of the effects of the storm, but you weren't that concerned about it. But within 24 hours, the game has completely changed. The storm is going to be stronger than expected as it makes landfall here in the next hour or so. And if you're in those areas and you didn't evacuate, you've got a real problem on your hands. So mm. that's why, you know, there were those warnings for uh, such an extended area for people to take this seriously. And that's why, you know, a lot of people, 
if nothing happens, then they say, ah, I shouldn't have listened, but you just never know. I mean, over the past 24 hours, things have shifted, uh, again, from a miles perspective, not a lot, but it makes a big difference in that local area where the direct impact is. How's the governor doing? How's Florida prepared? I think Florida has been well prepared. We've been through this before. Governor DeSantis was uh, through this during Hurricane Michael. I I think if you go back and look at the governors here in Florida, whether it was uh, Governor Bush or uh, Governor uh, Scott, Rick Scott, when he was governor here, Governor DeSantis, they've all handled these kinds of situations really well. There seems to be cooperation between uh, state leadership and the White House and FEMA, which is good because you certainly don't want politics getting in the middle of anything right now. So uh, at the state, local, and even federal level, it seems like um, everything is working. And it's just unfortunate, you know, when you step back and you see how things work in a situation like this, it's just a shame that it can't work like that more often, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan is uh, the host of his own show, Ryan Gorman Show, on WFLA. Uh, that has always been considered our flagship uh, radio station. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with all of you on the uh, Gulf Coast of Florida today. Thank you so much, Ryan. By the thank way, you. if you want to uh, help out Mercury One and our partners are already staged in Florida, waiting for the storm to hit and start to move out, We will be there to uh, help rebuild, clean up, uh, provide electricity, anything that we can do. But we really need your help. If you're not affected by the storm, uh, please donate now at uh, mercuryone.org. That's mercuryone.org. I wanted to give you one more story that um, is really disturbing, but I believe to be absolutely true. First of all, the guy who is saying this is um, a pretty credible journalist. Uh, And uh, this is all the kind of stuff that was changed after the uh, 2008 crash. What you didn't most likely pay attention to, um, we did. And what we paid attention to were the changes that the banks were making for depositors. You are the last in the line to get your money now. You're not the first. You're the last. Uh, now, Will uh, Salatin, I think that's how you say his name. Is that right? Salatin? Uh, he now has accused Citibank of permanently locking some customers out of their bank accounts, even if they show up with an ID. He writes, several weeks ago, I learned that Citibank locks some customers out of their accounts and refuses to release their money, even if they show up with ID. This week, Citi sent an email explicitly affirming its rights to do this without cause. He tweeted later, your money is not safe at Citibank. I would say your money is not safe in most banks. When I say that, I want you to know. The Department of Homeland Security has made it very, very clear that in a time of an emergency, anyone who is telling you this information will need to be shut down because it will cause panic and run on the bank uh, and uh, you will lose confidence in our bank. Like I could say anything that could help you lose confidence in our banks. It's already gone, guys. 
Um, but I, I want you to know there will come a time where I will not be saying these things because I've already said them and you need to pay attention. City in the email says we reserve the right to close an account at any time and for any reason with or without cause. We reserve the right to close an account at any time for any reason with or without cause. Hmm. Uh, the procedure, the account closure procedure takes 30 to 60 days. However, they freeze your uh, account. City will only return the funds that they deem as belonging to the customer. What does that mean? What do you mean they deem what belongs to the customer? I don't know. It was in my account. Did Peter Rabbit come hopping through and put all that money in there? What do you mean? It doesn't belong to me. Warning. Warning. Everything you thought you could count on, you won't be able to. Everything you thought was solid will be liquid. The world will be turned upside down and inside out. Good will be bad. Bad will be good. We are here. Please take the time to prepare yourself, at least mentally, and then look at the things that you can do. Tonight at 9 p.m., I'm doing a, uh, a special that you don't want to miss. Uh, it is, it's, on, it's on our economy. We are intentionally being destroyed. And I don't mean the United States. I mean the entire West. We are being destroyed. The American economy is on the brink of disaster after less than two years of Democrat-controlled Congress and the White House. They have much more destruction that has to come. But the bottom line is they're getting you used to a lower living standard. Remember when we had COVID before, before anything, really, we were still dealing with the actual COVID, trying to figure out what it was. And they were saying, it's a great reset and we won't be going back to normal from here. Remember that? Everybody was saying, got to get used to the new normal. Well, what is that new normal? That new normal is you can't get things on demand anymore. The new normal is, well, you just can't get it anymore. Uh, go ahead. Well, you can't really buy a car, so you should take care of the one that you have. All of this is part of what is coming. A lower living standard, a much lower living standard. If you look at what has happened uh, on the books, the trillions of dollars that have been lost now just in the last few weeks on the stock market. And how the people who, you know, oh, the richest 10%, they got all that money. They've lost $8 trillion in the last couple of uh, weeks. $8 trillion in value on the stock market. That is, they, these are the people that build jobs, uh, create jobs, run businesses. How do you prepare? Tonight, it's a roundtable. I'm bringing in some experts. Uh, what will food and fuel cost in the months ahead? What is their worst, most likely worst case scenario and their most likely best case scenario? What do those look like? What does it mean when 
the Fed hides a white paper report for internal report that says we're headed for a depression and they hide it. What does a depression even look like? How will we feel the effects of ESG and the left's war on oil? And what happens if we go to war? Join me tonight for pain is the point. How to survive Biden's hell economy. That's tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on blazetv.com and Blaze TV YouTube. Right after a brand new yeah. Stooge of America. Am I in your stupid show today? You are. Oh, jeez. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Tonight, you do not want to miss uh, our Wednesday night special. It is on what's coming in the economy and how to deal with it. Worst case, most likely best case scenario, scenario, most likely worst case scenario. I uh, wanted to bring Kevin Freeman in today. Um, he has a new book out called According to Plan, The Elite Secret Plan to Sabotage America. Uh, Kevin has been, you were on uh, Project Red Cell, weren't you, for a while? Is that right? No. 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 Uh, but I know you did. You were the guy who, after the crash of 08, were asked That's by the correct. Pentagon to come in and do forensic. And you found the link uh, of that there was somebody, a sovereign fund most likely, Russia and sovereign wealth funds not conspiring together, but both taking the shot at the same deer in the in the sights. So this is the kind of thing that we're going through now. I I remember being mocked mercilessly saying that, you know, um, socialist communists, Islamists and others will all work together and to destroy America and the Western world. And they all said at the time that, no, these people won't work together. And I kept explaining They're not calling each other up and saying, hey, buddy, they're just seeing that they want to take America out and these people are moving in the same direction. So don't get in their way. Right. Exactly. Well, Hitler and Stalin would never work together except when they did. And then later they didn't. But yes, American individual liberty is the one thing that prevents them from getting their uh, dream of utopia of the world. And so the the globalists uh and the uh communists they each have a plan to destroy america exactly and that's according to plan that's the thesis of your book right right absolutely and and islamists and others american individual liberty is the one thing that stands between uh what they want to have in the world which is them being in charge and the rest of Mm -hmm. us being serfs uh and and where we are now so give me some give me some of the highlights of of the book that you you can clearly recognize the plan. Well, the book is written. Uh, your your viewers will understand almost everything in there because they've seen it. We wrote this in a very uh, basic level so that individuals can hand it to their neighbor and say, "Hey, you know." The border, it's open. Fentanyl is coming across. Uh, is that incompetence? Uh, is that accidental? Or is it according to plan? 
Um, let's look at the military, turning our military into a woke force instead of a fighting force. Is that incompetence? Is that just accident? Or is it according to plan? The stock market and the economy, and where we run up all this massive debt, is it just we're, we're just not good at this? Or is it according to plan? And as readers go through it, it's the old A equals B and B equals C. The goal is to get the reader to recognize that, therefore, A equals C. And if you can get them to make that cognitive jump, you'll never talk them out of it. Mm. So we lay out the facts and ask the question, is this according to plan? And people will inevitably come to the conclusion, yeah, there's no way we're this incompetent across the board. There's, I mean, I think the last two years have just proven that to so many people. You can, Because you could have always said, no, I mean... They have best interest at heart or no, but look at the good things. You can't name one good thing. When it comes to this administration, everything has been to the detriment of our constitution, our republic, our economy, our military machine, our place in the world. Everything, everything has been. That, that is a plan. Afghanistan, you name yeah, it. You name and it. it's to the benefit of the Chinese Communist Party or the globalists. Everything is benefits one or the other, and usually both. So Afghanistan, we left, and, and who's captured it? China. So I asked you this before we go on the uh, before we went on the air, and I'd I'd like to have you express this to the audience. Um, how long do we have before? Because you've been watching the economy much more than than I have, and we look for the same things. And uh, I've been surprised at how resilient this economy is. But we are now having our legs cut out from underneath us by our own administration with energy and everything else. How long do we have um, on this path? Well, there, there's the old story. How long does it take to go bankrupt? Very slowly, then all at once. And yes. it just happens all at once. Uh, if we make the right political decisions in the midterms, I think we can forestall the crisis. Is there an ultimate payment crisis? Absolutely. Absolutely. $31 trillion in debt and 5% interest rates. We're spending a trillion and a half dollars a year in interest only, and we're bringing $4 trillion in. And once we start down that spiral, it's inevitable. This economy, this currency will collapse inevitably unless we completely reverse course. But we can delay it. And and if we do the wrong things in the midterms, uh, we have 24 to 36 months maximum. If we do the right thing, we have a decade to, to reverse course and right the ship. Um, so I'm hopeful. I, I think that what we saw in Italy is very hopeful. I think so, too. So Boy, it, are they working to make sure that you think that that is fascism. Did you see that the um, the former prime minister, who's a part of the liberal side, who was running against her and says, I'm no friend of hers at all. But this uh, story that is coming out from the Western media that she's a fascist is fake news. She's not a fascist. I disagree with her. I ran against her. But we're not introducing fascism with her. So he's a Bill Maher liberal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's amazing how I'll bet you don't see that story anywhere. No, and he, I, I haven't seen it. I'm glad you saw it. Yeah. The reality is she's not a fascist. Individual liberty is not fascist. And, and the fascists the are all, all, all extreme progressives. Yeah. That is the definite. You know, it's again, it's 
Hitler and Stalin. Uh, it's not people who believe in individual liberty and family and, and um, patriotism. What do you say to the people who say that China is so weak internally now that they're almost a paper tiger? But I would say the same thing about us. Well, number one, China may be extremely weak internally, but their pain tolerance is a lot higher than ours. I yes. mean, this is a society that allowed you, oh, you're, you're having a second child? We will kill it. Uh, if you can have a one-child policy and enforce it, if you can turn people's phones red with their health code app and, and get them to stop a bank run, they have a much greater uh, ability to control their population despite massive pain. They killed 100 million people, and you know communism has 50 million under Mao. So they're like this, the Russia under Stalin, where when you know will survive. They just will continue to survive. Chinese Communist Party has has enormous ability to continue to operate and survive until it doesn't, and it may break someday. And I hope that it does because the Chinese people are wonderful, terrific people that should be unleashed economically unleashed with liberty i mean it'd be a marvelous thing the name of the book is according to plan the elite secret plan to sabotage america you're listening to kevin freeman he is the uh the author of it uh and a really really brilliant mind that studies this and has for decades now um i want to ask you about the Nord Stream pipeline okay i People don't remember 1982, the Trans-Siberian Pipeline had an explosion that was so large you could see it from outer space. Now, there are people who say, well, it was an accident, it was poor construction, it was all sorts of other things. I've met with people on the Reagan National Security Council who admitted to me that they had actually allowed the KGB, the Soviets, to capture some bad software that was pre-programmed and some bad ships, and that when they were implemented into the pipeline, it caused an explosion. So sabotage is clearly a possibility. It's okay, but most hang on, likely. hang on. That is different. That to me is that's just brilliant. Oh, you're going to steal stuff from us? Yep. Here, steal this. That is to me. That's just smart. That's oh, just, no, it was economic right. warfare in the Cold War, and it was complete. Nobody was hurt right. in it. It was a miracle, and yeah. it really stopped the Soviets. It's a part of tape bringing down the Soviet Union. So, But this is different. This is in international waters. This is not a military target. Who do you think has the, the motive to do it? I, the only motive I could find, and I listen, was listening to you earlier, and I thought you were absolutely right about, you know, America, I hope we didn't do it. We might have had, you know, and so forth, but it doesn't seem seem right. And it doesn't seem right for Russia to have done it to themselves. No. The, the clues aren't there. Germany, who is going to have an energy crisis anyway this winter, can now deflect problems from their bad policies to, uh, well, we had an ex uh, a sabotage in this pipeline. We don't know who did it, and we're not ever going to figure it out, but the globalists who want to turn us into serfs, and it goes back to the according to plan idea, uh, would be more than happy to have allowed that because it's, it's going to spike energy prices, uh, force us to the green approach. Uh, it's all according to plan. So that, I think, is at, at the most likely possibility in my mind at this moment. That one seems, what do you think of that, Stu? I think that one seems, I mean, nefarious, yes, but it does seem, uh, it does seem movie-ish. Everything yeah. else yeah. is a little convoluted. This one seems likely because you can go, politicians, 
They never want to take responsibility for anything. This one, I always look because the left always does things where it's a win-win for their, for them. Even if they lose, they win. You know what I mean? This one is a win-win for, for instance, the globalists and, and Germany because the pain is deflected off of the uh, politicians. You can't, you're not going to hear that anymore. It would be all about the pipeline. I think that makes total sense. But also, you're already hearing this is why we have to stop these pipelines and get out of gas and get into into green energy because it's just too unstable and dangerous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it fits, right? It certainly fits uh, many of the other things we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, it's hard to know, obviously, at this point, but I mean, it's certainly a plausible theory. It has, it has to be the That's the first mix. one I've heard, Kevin, that, that I think is, I think that's plausible. It's well, terrifying that that's it plausible, yeah. <laughs> you know. It, but it fits the according to plan, and and th- this is the same group of people that had war gamed a pandemic, and then as soon as we had that virus, were, however it emerged from the lab or from bat wet market, <laughs> they just had an immediate response that that they were able to capitalize on it and benefit. And keep in mind that hurt their economies too. Mm-hmm. Right. All of those things hurt their economies, too, but it achieved their greater objective of making us serfs under their control where the elites don't wear the mask, but the rest of us do. They shut down schools. They shut down businesses. Yeah, they were willing to take that pain to achieve their greater long term objective, which is global dystopia, from my view. We're living in an evil age. No question. The and good news is, I think the light is getting lighter. It is. And people are waking up. And that's why we wrote this book is so you can give it to your neighbor without the conspiracy theory massive behind it. You hand it to him and say, hey, we see these issues. Do you really think all of these things are happening accidentally or because we're incompetent? And they'll conclude, I'm certain of it. They'll conclude, no, there's a plan. And this is according to plan. Uh, Kevin Freeman, thank you so much for uh, stopping by. The Elite Secret Plan to Sabotage America. The name of the book is According to Plan. Thanks, Kevin. Na, na, na.